Hey friends, welcome to the Love to be Loved podcast. I'm your host and back pocket bestie, Amanda Lemire. Come join me as I navigate the highs and lows of life while keeping Jesus at the center of it all. We will heal and grow together, share lots of laughs, and meet some pretty cool people along the way. My hope is to never let you forget that you are so loved. Now, let's get into today's episode. Hi, friends. Welcome back to the Love to be Loved podcast. I'm glad you could make it today, whatever day you're listening. I hope it's a great day. In today's episode, I'm going to be talking about five things that I learned in 2023 so far. This year has been such a crazy year already. There have been so many changes and along with those changes, a lot of growth. I feel like 2023 has been the year that I actually step into who I was really created to be and I can't wait to see even more of what God reveals to me the rest of this year. It's actually funny because a couple years ago, I really felt like 2023 would be a memorable year for some reason and it's definitely held up to that thought. It's been pretty memorable, a lot different than I would have thought, but I feel more like myself than ever before, which is the best feeling in the world. I've had so many realizations from the Lord that have genuinely blown my mind and have made me view life so differently than I did like six to eight months ago. So I figured why not share them with you? So the first thing I learned this year was that the Lord sees right through my BS. So soon after my breakup, I was very adamant about healing and healing quickly. I was determined to let myself mourn for, you know, a couple weeks and then bang, I'd be totally fine. So I put on a very fake front and act like I was okay, yet deep down inside I was nowhere close to being healed and restored. And then I would get upset with myself for thinking about my past relationship or for feeling sad. It would make me feel guilty because then at that point I just wanted to be totally okay in a matter of a month or two. But this mentality makes total sense if you know me because I struggle with patience. I like to see change happen very quickly and I struggle to enjoy the process because I just like getting to the results. So there came a point about, I don't know, maybe just under two months in where I was getting super frustrated with myself and frustrated at God for feeling like I wasn't moving forward. And I was spending time with the Lord and just felt the Lord say to me, hey, stop faking it. I know exactly where your heart is at. I know every thought you have. You can't pull a fast one on me. It reminded me of verse 12 in Hebrews 4 that says, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Who am I to think I can hide anything from the one who created me? It's actually silly thinking about it because I know I was pretending to be at a place that I wasn't at yet. And while, yes, I felt called out and a bit convicted by the Lord, I also received such an invitation to come to Jesus being fully open and vulnerable, coming to him with every single thought I had, every hurt and every frustration. And funny enough, you might see this coming, but when I started to finally be honest and come to Jesus openly with everything that was going on in my mind and the thoughts I was wrestling with, that's when I started healing so quickly and actually started receiving like pretty intense breakthrough. The hurt that I was holding on to started to just fall off my shoulders. I started to become more excited about the future promises that God has in store instead of staying trapped in past thoughts. That's all God wants from his children is just to come to him. Jesus says in Matthew 11, 28, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Then in 1 Peter 5, 7, it says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. All throughout scripture, Jesus continues to invite his children to come to him with their troubles so he can take the burdens off of our shoulders and take it upon himself, just like he did on that cross. 
this realization was so freeing and not only because I have a better understanding of how I am so seen and known by the Lord, but also because I don't have to try to put on a front. Jesus wants to help me and he wants to restore my heart. I just have to let him do it. Stop thinking that I could do it on my own. I am so happy that the Lord revealed that to me so early on in the healing process because I definitely wouldn't be where I'm at now without that realization. So that was my first big lesson learned of 2023 in take what I learned uh, into your own personal life and struggles. Jesus wants to heal you, to give you breakthrough. You just have to come to him and you seriously don't have to battle whatever you're battling on your own. Just come to your father who loves you so wholeheartedly, the broken pieces and everything. Next up, my second big realization of 2023 was understanding the difference between living with a sin conscious mindset versus living with a mindset that I am righteous before God. First off, I want to thank my New Beginnings family for helping me truly understand this because it has broken every chain of guilt and shame that I had been living with. I used to let my past decisions and mistakes really eat away at me, and now I am living based off how the Lord sees me, which is perfect and spotless and blameless. That not from a pride standpoint, but from really taking a hold of my identity as a daughter of Christ. As I discussed in the last episode, which you can go check out if you haven't already, a big component of having a relationship with Jesus is understanding we are imperfect and we are sinful and that we need him as our savior. We needed him to die on that cross so that we could be forgiven and so that we could be reconciled or have a restored relationship with Christ. But that doesn't mean we have to go through life with the identity that we are sinners. No way. That was our past. But now we are free to live in the righteousness of God. Jesus' blood makes us holy in his eyes. In Hebrews 9.14, it says, How much more then will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleanses our conscience from acts that lead to death, so that we may serve the living God? To simplify this, it's saying that Jesus being the perfect sacrifice for us means that we are cleansed from being defined by our sinfulness and imperfections. I used to go through life so aware of all the things I was doing wrong. I thought that when things weren't going well in my life, it was just punishment for the sins that I had been committing. It made me feel constantly guilty and ashamed, and it was just honestly a horrible way to live and to think. It came from the desire to please God, but it made me view the Lord as a judge and disciplinarian instead of a loving friend and father. Now I walk through life knowing that Jesus is already pleased with me. Romans 8.39 says, Neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Don't get twisted, though. That doesn't mean I go through life thinking, well, since Jesus is always pleased with me and forgives me for all my sins, I can do whatever I want. Absolutely not. Obviously, consequences come with making bad decisions, which is why God commands us to do and not to do certain things out of protection and knowing what is best for us. With being fully surrendered and letting Christ work through me by the power of his spirit within me, I am going to naturally produce fruit. I naturally want to obey and let more of Jesus be seen in and through me. Yes, I screw up, but those times I feel conviction is not to feel guilt, but to feel like I'm being refined. Proverbs 27, 17 says, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. This idea of iron sharpening iron is shown as a good thing. Friends holding each other accountable to become more like who Christ created them to be. But if you really think about it, iron on iron doesn't exactly sound like it would be comfortable. It sounds painful but it's a good pain, a good discomfort. Like the day after a tough leg day, tough leg workout where you can't sit down and you're kind of uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable for some time, but eventually the growth is so worth it. Same goes for conviction. 
my convictions are calling me higher to be more like Jesus, not to make me feel ashamed. I want to change. I want to repent. I want the Holy Spirit to show me how I can become more like Christ. The more I come to Jesus in confession, the more I see how over time he is there working to change and sanctify me. And sanctification is a lifelong journey. It's a beautiful journey of being called to live set apart and not being stuck, but the desire to constantly grow and spiritually mature. I would never have this mindset if it weren't for my friends explaining it to me, like what living in sin consciousness looks like versus what living in righteousness of Christ looks like. So that was a very much needed realization in my um, spiritual journey. All right, so two down, three to go. I bet you guys didn't expect these to be so deep and thought out, but um, I'm telling you, the Lord has really been blowing my mind recently. So my third lesson that I learned in 2023 is that striving is so contradictory to what the Lord wants from his children. Jesus was the one who died on the cross for my sins. It is because of Jesus and Jesus alone that I get to spend eternity with him. It was the Lord who called me to him. It was God who softened my heart and gave me the faith to believe. I didn't do a thing. So many times I hear from people, I'll go to heaven because I'm a good person. Or if I just go to church constantly and read my Bible constantly, I will make Jesus happy with me. I've been struggling a lot, or I was struggling a lot with the concept of striving. And after the Lord really lit a fire on my heart for him again, I immediately thought, okay, Lord, what can I do for you? Should I change jobs? Should I work in ministry? Should I do this or this or this? I am already the type of person who likes to make things happen like quickly. I like to be in control and plan and organize. Even in the past, I've wanted to fix people and fix situations. At this point though, the striving felt like it was coming from a genuine heart, but that doesn't mean the striving was okay. I was so ready to just do something for God out of desiring to please him. And you know what the Lord told me? He said, be still. Quite literally, he spelled this out to me in such a clear way. And I'll tell you the story. So a couple months ago, I was uh, studying a book called Discerning the Voice of God by Priscilla Shearer. I had been wrestling, like I mentioned before, with like what God wanted me to do for him, whether it was a certain job or starting a podcast, social media, writing, coaching, blogging, starting a Bible study, youth ministry. Like There were so many things going through my mind of how I could please the Lord. And I was praying about all these ideas. I finally start going through the chapter of that day. And I get to the end of the chapter, and this is literally what it says. It says, God's plan for you will come to pass in its appointed time. He himself will assure it. Rest and trust. Cease striving and know that he is good. Be free from the burden of trying to make things happen. And trust that your God loves you and will fulfill his work for your life. Like, I was shook. I was I was like, all right, God, I get, get it. You're telling me to take a seat and chill out for the time being. At first, I was like, what the heck, Lord? I, I want to know what you have planned for me to do. I don't want to be lazy. I want to make an impact. But then it hit me and I was I was thinking, wow, I serve such such a gracious God who wants me to just rest with him and not move until he directs me to. At this point in my life of in my time of healing, I just needed to rest and be still and be filled up by the spirit. The Lord always knows what you need. And this lesson continued as I read the book Captivating by Stacey Eldridge. And thank you to my friend Megan, who will be on the podcast soon for the recommendation. This book really helped me see that beauty is found in stillness, not striving. It opened my eyes to see the way that God created women in such a unique and beautiful way and how women have specific longings that are different for men that the Lord fulfills and satisfies so completely. 
It made me also better understand relationships and the roles between a man and a woman and what I should kind of expect from a godly man in the future and the way he should pursue me just as Christ does the church. So after finishing this book, there's a little letter or reminder to myself that I wrote down. And I keep this in my Bible and I read it often because it's such a good reminder of the concept of of not striving and just being. So here is what I wrote. I desire to be an alluring woman, one who embraces her beauty and femininity, softness, breathtaking, inviting. I don't want to be demanding or controlling or striving or harsh. I want to be strong in whose I am, but gentle and inviting. I want to allure a man by opening my heart so that they want to be a man and want to show up for me. A real man will rise to the occasion, will not need to be nagged or pulled to do so. I can be radiant. I can be secure and desirable. I don't need to be needy or a planner, but instead be at ease, resting in God's purpose. A woman who knows her worth is desirable. I'll remind my man that he is strong, needed, and capable, but I will not nag at him to be that. By being a woman of feminine beauty, it will allow my husband to be his truest masculine self, the one God designed. Soften me, O Lord. Help me view you as that man of masculinity so that I can step into how you designed women to be, alluring, beautiful, and precious. I just love that so much. It takes such a weight off my shoulders that I can stop trying to control and plan and instead just rest with Jesus. And this, at this point, the striving was towards job, towards relationships, towards friendships, just a lot of striving. And after I read that book and had that realization, um, it really was the spirit like working through me to write that down because it's so well put and really kind of sums up like the whole concept of that book. So it's called Captivating, such a good one. I would definitely recommend it to all my girlies out there. The next lesson I learned also has to do with relationships. And the takeaway is that marriage is a view of how Christ views and loves me, not necessarily just what I am aspiring to have one day. So this lesson kind of needs some context. Pretty much right after my breakup, I started meeting people who had just gotten engaged or who or who were getting married soon. And I am telling you, it felt like everyone I had met was having a wedding soon. My practical sister from home, Kathleen, had just gotten engaged. Megan, my friend who recommended that book, Captivating, to me was getting married soon. A friend from school married in April. My cousin just got engaged. Three of my friends from New Jersey are getting married soon. Nicole, Julia, Kim over the summer, which is so exciting. And then couple co-workers getting married super soon. So that's just a lot of people. And at first I was like, what the heck God? Like, is this a joke? Like that's what I was hoping to ha- happen for me. And then, and it's all around me. But then I start to think, why is God putting all these relationships in my life? Like there has to be a purpose for it. Maybe God wants to show me what genuine Christ-centered relationships look like. And that was encouraging. I was seeing these friends and the way they're fiancés treated them. And I was like, dang, like that's what I want. I also, as a reminder, love, love and weddings are so fun to think about. So it has been such a blessing to be part of all these wedding festives. But for the longest time, I just assumed God was just giving me examples of the type of relationship I want and can look forward to having. But there was so much more to the lesson that clicked later on. Marriage is supposed to be a direct representation of how Christ loves the church. In scripture, we are literally called God's bride. In Isaiah 54, five, it says, for your maker is your husband. In Ephesians 5, 25, Paul writes, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. So what is in front of me of these wonderful men serving and loving their fiancés or wives is the perfect visual or glimpse into how Christ loves me. Just like these guys pursued and continued to pursue my friend so intentionally, Jesus is doing the same thing to me. He chooses me. He seeks me out. He provides for me. 
He makes me feel special and beautiful. He looks at my heart. I mean, he gave his life for me. Yeah, absolutely. These relationships and marriages I see are wonderful examples. But what is even better is that I can take part in the celebration because I have my own heavenly husband who absolutely adores me. I swear to you, though, a couple months ago, I was flipping out the amount of people I would just meet who would tell me they got engaged or was getting married soon. And I guessed, yeah, at 23, you're getting to that age where there's going to be a lot of weddings in the next five years. But still, at that point, I was like, oh my goodness, it's everyone. All right. So here's the last lesson of the first half of 2023. And that is that I can't fix people, but I can pray for them and trust that the Lord is victorious over the enemy's schemes. Now that I'm thinking about this, I feel like a lot of these lessons are just the Lord being like, Amanda, how about you stop trying to control everything? But this is a struggle for me and was a huge struggle in my past. I see potential and I, and I so desperately want people to get to where God wants them and to let go of the things that are holding them back. I don't like to give up on people and I just feel like I have to carry the weight in hopes that one day that other person, whether a friend, significant other, family, will be able to carry it on their own. But I've come to the realization that that's not my job. Yes, of course, we are called to carry each other's burdens, like it says in Galatians 6 too, but that doesn't mean we play the role of Holy Spirit in another person's life, especially not in uh, relationships. I feel like my desire to fix and control says something about my faith or lack thereof. If I truly believe that God is victorious and has the power to transform hearts, then I should be able to easily let go and let God work on another person instead of trying to control, persuade, or convict. There's no guilt in letting a relationship go or setting boundaries in a friendship because that is going to allow for that individual to go to Jesus with their struggles and doubts, and that's where they're going to find true breakthrough. There's also a lot to be said about the power of prayer. Jeremiah 29, 12-13 says, Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. God hears our prayers. I can't fix people, but I can sure pray for them and wait in expectation for how Jesus will soften their hearts and open their eyes. I am someone who loves writing. I find that I express myself more, most clearly through written word. And the reason I say that is because over the past like eight, eight years or so, since, hmm, since 2015, I've been writing a prayer a day. Obviously, I miss some days, but pretty much a prayer a day in my journal. And as I write a prayer, I will read back a prayer from the previous year. And it reminds me of all the ways God moves and all the ways that he has answered prayers in the past. And just seeing my own spiritual growth and how the Lord has taken me through difficult times in the past will encourage me when I step into challenges in the future. Through scripture, God always mentions how his people need to be reminded of God's goodness and miracles. We are so quick to forget how God has shown up for us. And time and time again, I find that writing out my prayers and getting to read them back has served as much needed reminders of Jesus being so faithful to me. Anywho, this was a lesson I needed, especially to find new freedom and letting go of the past and moving forward towards God's great plans and new people he has put and will put in my life. So that's a lot. That's definitely a lot. But I hope you took away some good stuff from this podcast episode and that the Lord uses what I have been learning to speak to you in your specific season or situation or hardship. This was a blessing to me to talk about because just hearing what I have been learning is so exciting to see how the Lord really has been speaking to me and opening my ears to hear him more clearly. It's also so fun to get to share those realizations with the people I love most, which is you all. 
Once again, thank you for listening. I hope you feel encouraged and excited to take on the day hand in hand with Jesus. I love you. The Lord loves you. And I'll see you back here when the next episode comes out.